Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, run it back fans all over the world because I know you're out there. Episode number 15 coming to you hot and not live, but basically in your earbuds. We have something a little bit different for you today. We're still doing a bit of a prediction podcast, but we're rolling into snags as well, baby. That's right. BJJ getting in there for uh, the Substar event that is on the 21st of Feb in the US. Uh, it's got Poirier versus uh, Gary Tonin, but it sounds like Stoney's going to have some breakers news for us around that soon. But it's featuring my golden boy. Sleep every night dreaming about, thinking that A, he's better looking than me, and B, he was always going to be better at BJJ than me. The king himself, Gordon Ryan. Boys, I'm highly aroused for this, but I'm not going to stay aroused by myself because DL, welcome co-host. How are we? Mate, I'm good. I don't know if I'm as aroused as you, but uh, I'm pretty excited to do something different. I'm pretty excited to actually just move away from the UFC for a little bit because uh, we've talked about moving away from UFC and, and talked about Bellator fights and we've talked about one championship fights. And But this is the first time for me really pushing in the world of grappling. It was a bit of an eye-opener just doing a bit of research for it. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, mate. It's the second time for you. That's true. I did a uh, jiu-jitsu lesson, which went very poorly. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's my... Oh, you remember uh, how much I got smashed in that last thing? He just made me go for like 15 rounds straight. He's like, you'll be fine, mate. you got a comp on the weekend. Go. You were a sweaty mess. A sweaty oh, mess. That was good to watch, yeah, actually. Second time in the grappling world. Second time in the grappling world, but uh, first time doing actual research on full-time grapplers. It's a, it's a, it was a whole m- amazing world out there. So uh, the stats were blinding, and just some of the things that I that I took away from it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to getting into this one. It's a a charity event actually. So and the Substars event, their thing on their website is to create unique experiences. So I I seen some of the videos and there was a few like outside tournaments and things like that so that looks pretty cool and as we talked about Dustin Poirier headlining the event it's actually got his charity attached to it as well the Good Fight Foundation I hope I got that right but it's a a good foundation Um, I know even in the the Poirier Khabib fight that Khabib donated his shirt at the end of it to that cause so I think there's a fair bit of crossover in this fight in this uh, grappling tournament because there is a Bellator fighter on it we've got a couple of UFC fighters as well Um, and there's a celebrity sumo match on there as well quite interesting Curtis Blades versus Anthony Rumble Johnson that's it plus a couple of legendary uh, Japanese sumo wrestlers too so I'm not going to attempt to say their name because that's that will haunt me, that's I feel. Right now. I know, I know. But in the studio with me, I've got the man that's always here with me, Stoney. Stoney, how are you? I'm good. I didn't think I'd say this, but it's actually good to hear SG's voice. I was starting to forget what it sounded like. So after a couple off, it's good to have you back, SG. Welcome back, son. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate the kind words and I look forward to your not-so-kind words to the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Can we just clarify what, what was the injury that was sustained? Uh, unfortunately, boys, grade one calf tear. So uh, I thought it was only going to be a strain after a couple of days, but I got the old ultrasound and the doctor gave me the uh, devastating news that my grappling career would be over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, grade one, grade one calf tear. So the night we were supposed to do the potty, I got home. I flew home from somewhere for work and my leg blew up massively. I know I sent Dale a photo and then I was just like, I am dropping the heaviest painkillers ever right now and going to bed. And then I heard the potty and that probably sounded like me to be honest. (laughs) Talk us through the 30-minute walk to the gate from the uh, terminal. Oh, that was not good. Yeah, so I flew home and 
the flight got into the furthest gate away from the baggage in Sydney, like gate 36 or something, and then I had to put my headphones in and just avoid people's <laughs> eyes because I was shuffling around like I was like, <laughs> I had one leg. So it usually takes me about five minutes to walk down and get my bag, another two minutes to get to the car. I kid you not, it took me half an hour. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, wow. Sean, we've got someone else on the potty. We do. We've got my boy, uh, the stat man, Craig Oss. Uh, welcome to the potty, hey. my friend. How are we? Hey, boys, I'm doing well. Um, DL, I can't believe you don't know Yamamata Yama, Takeshi, <laughs> championship-level sumo wrestlers, man. I, actually, most of my research I did for this podcast was purely focused on them. So I watched about 2,400 hours worth of sumo wrestling, and I'm a pretty much a genius at sumo wrestling now, so I'm pretty good. 2,400 hours? Not bad, yeah. <laughs> They're some big hour. boys. I did watch a, a Vice documentary for it when I was looking for one of the sumo fighters actually and just about what they eat during the day and things like that like it's ridiculous it's fucked honestly it's, it's just it's, it's broken. crazy there's I don't some, know if that's more concerning the fact that Craig's watched sumo wrestlers for a hundred days <laughs> he's dedicated to the was, potty this man it was a long week but you know like it's fine one week a hundred days in a week man. <laughs> it was a really long week quarter of a year <laughs> Oh, um, Jesus. Boys, we've actually got a new new segment we're going to add to the podcast. What it is is our hot take. So what this is going to be is just a couple of hot issues in the MMA world. We've got some theme music. Probably needs a little bit of work. Let's get that hot take. Okay, first hot take. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, boys are rails. <laughs> I don't know if I'm watching nine nightly news in 1997 or if we're doing. Oh, it feels like Anchorman outtakes. I love it. <laughs> I feel like I need to grow a moustache for this. <laughs> My question is, boys, did Diego Sanchez take the easy win? Can I go first? You may. I firmly think no. I reckon oh. he was only asking the question because he couldn't see out of the eye and he was like, cool, I can't continue. And he was saying, hey, if I can't continue, is it a DQ? Because in his head, he would have been like, if it's not, I'll keep going. But you think about it, if you were hurt and you're like, oh, I'm going to decide, I can't see, I don't think I can continue because he <laughs> need me in the face. I would, like, I think it's valid. Boy, stick to the hot take rules, Stoney. Absolutely with uh, with Snags. And we're in the minority in the, in the MMA community here, but had he have not clarified the DQ, he would have made an incredibly reckless decision to continue. And let's be honest, no true fan of the sport wants to see fighters put in that situation. So... Smart decision, Diego to, to take the win and call it. Kragos. Uh, I'm going to take uh, both sides here. I think, I think he did take an easy win. I think he probably could have continued. I don't think it was an incorrect decision to take, though. Um, I think he was losing the fight and he got away with double his paycheck because he took what was an illegal knee and within the rules he said, I could not continue, and he got paid. And that's my take. Okay, it's good take, boys. Anthony Smith should have taken it against John Jones, but he didn't, and he left without a title. Deal. Deal. Okay, straight after that fight, Connor calls out Diego Sanchez, but then deletes the tweet. Thoughts, snags. Um, my thoughts are he was drunk. <laughs> All done things that we don't want to do when we're drinking whiskey. Shout out proper twelve. I would have deleted it as well. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to fight him because he's well, well below Connor's level. Stony. I honestly think Connor is trolling the trolls with this one. Obviously, cops are a lot of flack about taking easy fights, people who are coming to the end of their career, and I think he just uh, had a little bit of a moment where he thought, I'm going to throw out some bait, and then quickly retracted. Statman. Uh, that, yeah, that's legitimately exactly my take. I think I think he was having a bit of a laugh. 
um, and, and kind of playing up to that kind of criticism about the Donald Cerrone fight. Douglas Lima calling out for a cross-promotion as he does a stare-off with Usman Snags. One word, aroused. I like it. Stoney. Love the concept. Don't love this fight. There's too many good ones to be had with Kamaru Usman in the UFC, but love the cross-promotion uh, concept. Statman. I think Douglas Lima is a fantastic fighter. I think he'd get absolutely murked by Usman, so I think that it is an easy fight for him to promote, knowing that it will never come to fruition. Um, so I think Liam is kind of trying to piggyback off Usman's rising star. And that was the first episode of The Hot Take. A little bit rough there, <laughs> boys, but uh, we got there. Boys, we're heading straight into this card soon, but we thought what we'd do before that is just quickly recap results and just give you an updated leaderboard. Look, I'm going to start with myself here because I want to pat myself on the back. I had a clean sweep. Eight, I also got my bonus point as well. I finished with six on the night, which pushed me to 19. Sugar Snags uh, had a nice night as well. He got four and got a bonus point, so he pushed up to five, which was 16. Very happy about it too. Very happy. That has level pegging with Stoney. At 16 as well. Stoney had a pretty good night out to it. Four. And our uh, stat man. Returning to true form after a five in the previous <laughs> UFC 246 and slipped to two. Craig, what happened? We all know my opinion on this. We all know where I should be. I uh, should be at sitting at four, including the bonus point for correctly predicting Dominic Reyes by decision. What's I've it? watched it again. Yep. Before we cleared that up. No, Dominic Reyes won. He hasn't let it go. Uh, mm. And I'm I'm never I'm never gonna let it go. I thought I thought uh John Jones beat Alexander Gustafsson in his first controversial fight. I thought he beat Tiago Santos in his second controversial fight. I I watched it again. I can't see giving uh John Jones a, either of the first three rounds. So mm. it is one of his boys. Where, I forget where it was. The new um, judging concept, they're going to roll out one of the states. I know Stone was uh, Can- Kansas City. Was it the live judging or? Yeah. Thought, thoughts should have been in the hot topics, but wasn't. Oh, sorry. Pros and cons to it, man. Um, no, I just said hot well, topics. I didn't say pros and cons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying there are pros and cons to the concept. Yes or um, no. Give me a yes or no. I'm a yes. I'm a, I'm also a, I know the argument is that if you're down, if you're up two rounds, you're going to run away from the fight. I don't think you're going to run away from a fight if you want to keep your contract. Yeah, that, but I think if you run away, you're you probably end up getting clipped or something. Hmm. Wins don't normally get you cut from the contract though. So no, I'm a no. I, I, I see both sides. I'm a no on that one. If you're 10 minutes into a fight and you know that all you have to do to collect an extra $30,000 is to backpedal away from your opponent, you're going to backpedal away from the opponent. Agree. There's you, sugar snags are going for the kill. So <laughs> <laughs> we move into the into the main card, but first, breaking news with Stony. It's a good intro, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, some big big news, big news. And as the sugar snags alluded to, hot off the press at the start of the the episode. I'm always the bearer of breaking news. Unfortunately, boys, I'm the bearer of bad news on this one. Uh, the contest is the main event. Dustin Poirier, Tonin, is now off. So Tonin suffered a cut to his eye. Uh, we've seen photos surface on social media. It doesn't look that significant, but he has a fight coming up uh, in April with uh, one championship. So he said he doesn't want to risk reopening the cut 
in the charity match because that might put his, his one championship fight in jeopardy. And he's currently five and zero, I think, Statman. I believe that's the case, yeah. So we're off. We're yeah, off. That's shattering. That's that's real. I'm shattered for Dustin Poirier, to be honest. Surely they will um, have a fill in. Nicky Rods would absolutely just dominate Dustin, though, unfortunately for him. I think Probably I've. a different weight class, too. Dude looks like he's just jacked to the gills. I haven't seen too much of. Dustin's ground game. I'd like to be pointed to a match where I could watch that a little bit more. <clears throat> hey, he's a black on. belt. He's, I mean, he came out on the losing end of it, but the Korean zombie fight's a really good uh, ground scrap Yeah, um, between the two of them. It's just but so known for his End up on, on the losing feet. end of... But anyway. Did he have Khabib in a bit of trouble at, at one point? Um, From, on the ground? He, he had him in a, in a tight enough guillotine, but I don't think Khabib had him... Uh, I don't think Khabib was particularly worried about it at the time. He's the kind of guy who puts himself into a deep guillotine choke so he can pass guard. Is yeah, sounds a bit like Tony Ferguson. Just a quick one, hot take. <laughs> uh, how, how would this main event have gone? Just in, in a word, DL kick it off. Who 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 would you have had? I don't know. What I would think, I would have just gone with Dustin Poirier just because I know him. <laughs> like I haven't really watched any Gary Tonin's fights, so I would have just stuck to. Uh, did someone just cough at my my prediction then? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Like I said, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't know, and I, don't, I would have probably taken Dustin Poirier. I think because it's for his charity. I thought he'd put a good show on and probably take the neck. And good night, Irene. SG, I, I sense you firmly disagree. I firmly disagree. I think Gary Tonin by heel hook, my friend. Statman. Gary Tonin by heel hook, definitely. Yeah, he would have taken his leg home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taking it home, and that's a wrap. Violent. All right, let's kick off this card. We're doing something different today. We've got Sugar Snags doing the card. First fight for the night, uh, we've got Patrick Guido versus Keenan Cornelius. So Keenan, obviously one of the rising stars in the BJJ game. Not really rising, he's probably well-known. Got a great legacy behind him, considering that's what he's called his BJJ gym as well. Statman, do you have any stats for us before we get into this? I do, I do. Play my stinger. I don't give a stat without my stinger. (laughs) Confidence. I've only got confidence because I've literally got the words weight in my notepad because I kept running across my audio before before the Craig <laughs> stat. So my stat today, at 22 years old, Cornelius developed and named a new type of guard for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the worm guard. Um, now, it's pretty advanced, guys, especially Sean, so I'll walk you through it slowly when we're together next. Um, but basically, this guy is out inventing new guards like a next-generation Eddie Bravo. Uh, Eddie Bravo was 29 when he developed the rubber guard, so seven years older than uh, Keenan Cornelius. So it should be interesting to see um, what comes from the future of Cornelius. Well, I I've never you... played worm guard, eh? Rubber guard, I'm just not flexible enough for. That is, that is some weird shit going on there. And here we're on. This is one, guys, just a reminder, it's in the gi too, so it's not a no-gi match, it's in the gi, so they will be wearing... Uh, um, man pajamas, as I like to call them. <laughs> um, who would like to roll off with the first pick of the night? It's that man you got the pick for? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think the gee comes into it. I think Keenan Cornelius should have it. Um, his his worm guard is all based around lapel chokes and and lapel positioning. So. Um, I think he takes this pretty uh, pretty uh, easily. Stony. Remiss of us not to mention that Guido actually holds a win over Cornelius from 2018, so one zip so far in the record between the two. Interesting, uh, the, the stat that I settled on for my prediction, 14 sub-losses for Guido, 21% are from Armbar. Cornelius uh, has 113 submission wins. His favourite finish is by far the Armbar, 22 wins at 19%. So... 
you, you look at Cornelius's favourite finishing move. You look at the the kryptonite with Guido, and I think we it, it's all set up for a clear case of Keen and Cornelius getting redemption for that 2018 loss by Armbar. I also have Keen and Cornelius. Uh, that submission rate is ridiculous. Just to go against Tony, I'm also for my bonus point. I want to take a a choke from the back for this one as well. So, or any choke from the back, or yeah, just I'm, I'm not gonna back. I'm not gonna try and narrow it down, mate. I'm well out of I'm well out of my wheelhouse. I'm well out of my wheelhouse here. I'll just stick to the basics. That is that is a Craig vague extra point <laughs> grab. Can I take my armbar back? <laughs> I just want to clarify Cornelius by a stretched limb. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, we'll let that one roll in. Sugar. Your knowledge. Um, guys, I'm going to firmly take Cornelius here. If you look at the stats for Guido, um, 57% of his wins are by points. And apologies to you, boys. I didn't actually explain it, but this uh, rule set is submission only. So that does not factor in. Take Cornelius. His last match was actually a loss to a newly promoted black belt a couple of weeks ago. So I think he'd be vying for some redemption there. Um, I will not pick to finish this one because I'll save it for another one, but Cornelius for the win by submission, my friends. Nice. That rolls us yeah. into the next match. Oh, my God. Stop it. My podcasting dreams have come true. <laughs> uh, we have. I don't know how. This should have got bumped up just over Poirier, even though he's in the main event of it. But we've got no gay match, guys. Gordon the King Ryan versus Alex Tex Johnson. Um, this is going to be a doozy one, I think. So, Craig. Hit me with some stats, baby, because I'm highly aroused about this match. Guys, Gordon Ryan, obviously you can hear the excitement in Sean's voice and for good reason. Against the rest of the card, uh, if we include Gary Tonin, uh, Gordon Ryan is 8-1. and one. Uh, He's defeated Gordio once, he's defeated Cornelius twice, Cyborg twice, and Tonin twice. Uh, he's one loss. He later avenged it, but it was a defeat against his opponent's knight, Aaron Tex Johnson. So it should be interesting. Um, I'll, I'll roll straight into my pick. Gordon Ryan should get this done tonight. Submission skills off the chart, 62 finishes in 78 wins. Uh, and I'm going to use this fight to get my pick, uh, to get my finish pick, and I predict uh, Gordon Ryan by rear naked choke. Excellent. Thanks, Greg. Stoney? Look, I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I know Sugar Snags is going to talk enough for all four of us on this one. Uh, Gordon Ryan, I've already used my, my bonus point wildcard, so just Gordon Ryan in this one. Yeah, look, I'm going to roll straight into mine as well and also going Gordon Ryan. If I was to use my, my pick for that one, I'd like to think an inside heel hook would be nice, so I'll take that one. Wait, are you using your pick for that one? No, no, nah, nah, I just wanted to say inside heel hook like I knew oh. what I was talking about. <laughs> Well, boys, considering this would be the biggest match that we've ever announced on the podcast, I think it is fitting. DL, please play my music as I run through my pick. Now, gentlemen, let's just bask in the glory of what Gordon Ryan is. Modern day warrior, king of jiu-jitsu. Just think about that for a second. 78 wins, five losses. They're a man with a better record. Sugar Snacks doesn't have one better than that. I can tell you that much. 62 wins by submission, 79%. Absolutely aroused by that. That is only one three by points because he goes for the kill every single time. And just as the Titanic music starts to eclipse, Sugar Snags will give you his bonus point prediction. And it won't be just a rear naked choke prediction. It'll be a sequence. What he's going to do, he's going to pass the guard. His man's going to roll over. He's going to get him in turtle. He's going to turtle him. 
put the hooks in, then he's going to get a body triangle, and then he's just going to rip that dude's head off, basically until he gives up his neck, and it's going to be a rear naked choke, boys, okay? <laughs> so once that goes through, the king will reign supreme again. We don't have to watch the rest of the card and podcast go on forever glory. So I appreciate you all being here tonight. Thank you for the podcast, and we shall end it now. <laughs> Just to confirm, Reno, you try for Gordon Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time well, you're allowed to use that. Fame, I picked you that, over. It's the last time you're allowed to use that music. Why? Because I can't load it to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> mate, don't worry about YouTube, mate. When it's funny, systematic over here. Oh, it's got beautiful. A t- you got a if we play eye. that to Gordon Ryan, you'd probably be on the podcast next week. Mate, if that happens, it'd be fantastic. I'll reach out to him. Isn't that just phenomenal, his record, though? And shout out to Vinny Magalhaes, the last man to uh, defeat Gordon Ryan back in 2018. Crazy, man, crazy, man. But, mate, honestly, he's the king of jiu-jitsu at the moment. I didn't see him getting beat anytime soon. Keeps rolling through. One ADCC. Um, just come back from a knee injury when he done it as well. Boys, enough said. Let's move on to the next fight before I just have to have a cold shower and get rid of myself over here. <laughs> um, the next fight is a so no-deep fight as well got Cyborg versus Rafael Lavoti Jr. Craig, give me those stats, baby. Rafael Lovato was the second American citizen to win the IBJJF World Championship in the Black Belt Division after the prodigy BJ Penn. Um, there was a stat floating around from Sugar Snags to say that he was the third um, U.S. born to win a major world title. Obviously, he took the uh, the Bellator middleweight. Was it light heavyweight uh, from Gagar Musasi? Unfortunately, he's he's actually had a a brain injury of late. He had to relinquish his Bellator title. He did actually seem destined for greatness ten and zero, but it doesn't seem to be stopping him from uh, competing in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So hopefully, hopefully he gets back in. Hopefully, obviously gets his brain looked at and make sure that before he steps back in the cage again, it's all good. Um, you hate to see someone with a, potentially a brain injury fight, but I'd love to see him back in MMA as long as it's not going to shorten his career. Craig, who have you got for the fight? Who are we picking? Who are we picking? My pick, Rafael Lovato. Um, dude's outstanding on the ground. I don't know if I'm biased towards him because of his MMA career. I love Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys in MMA. Um, but watching him, you, you see shape. He, he looks like Damien Meyer on the ground. He looks like Jacare Sousa on the ground. He is freakish on the ground. So I'm very, very excited to see him compete. Cyborg's no joke, but I think Rafael should, ha- should take it. Cool. Thanks, Craig. Stoney? Look, if this was an MMA match, I'd be all in on Rafael, who obviously has announced his 10-0. and 0. Uh, but it's not. In a grappling event, I'm going with the man who's taken home gold medals at the 2010, 2011, 2012, 2017 and 2019 IBJJF Nogi World Champions, Cyborg. Nice. I'm also taking Cyborg. Uh, my research was the YouTube video Becoming Cyborg, which was a great watch. It was about seven minutes. Really good. Well done. Thank you. Sugar. <laughs> That was a very detailed pick. Um, I'm also taking my boy Cyborg. I think he's just absolute beast. His match against Gordon Ryan was pretty heated as well, and the dude always goes absolutely balls to the wall. So should be an interesting match, especially in Nogi. But, um, mate, I'm saying Cyborg for the win. Now, um, boys. And that leads us into – we're going to do something different. Deal, do you want to announce this one? Because I'm a bit off the pace in terms of what we're actually doing here. 
Yeah, I think we'll do a replacement fight. Now, next podcast won't be till uh, the, the fantastic Asanya versus Yoel Romero. So we will miss Felder Hooker fight. So, boys, without further ado. It's time! Dan Hooker and Paul Felder almost seemed destined to meet. Uh, they started their UFC run four months apart and both amassed a 9-4 and four record in the UFC. Dan Orca has finished eight of his nine wins, while Paul Felder has the longest streak of finishes due to elbows in the UFC history at three straight victories due to elbows. Both have beaten James Vick. Both have a loss to Edson Barboza, and both are going to go to town on each other in Auckland. I'm very, very excited for this. My pick... I'm going to go Dan Hooker. I went against him against Eli Akinta in Melbourne, um, and I'm kind of kicking myself about it. Uh, he's long. He's got the tools to grid out a tough decision over Paul Felder. Um, the good thing about both of these fighters is that they're not going to stop. So the both fights against Edson Barbosa from both the competitors, the, the amount of grit and determination between the two of them, you know that you're going to basically have to shut down their brainstem to get them to stop moving. Um, so I think that we're going to go a long five-round decision, uh, but I definitely think that Dan Hooker has the tools to take out Paul Felder. Stoney. Yeah, e- extremely tight fight. Uh, Hooker, obviously, with the reach and the youth, Felder with the experience and the durability. Uh, Hooker, superior ground game. I don't know why on this one. I can't see Hooker losing on home soil, but it's going to be a close, dicey, potentially a bit of a savage fight. I think it's going to go the distance. I agree with Craig, but I'm going with Paul Felder to outlast uh, Hooker and earn a, a very hard-fought decision victory in enemy enemy territory. Yeah, I like Hooker myself for this one. Very impressive during that Melbourne fight. Uh, it's great that he's um, he's really taken the lead for this. He's really tried to push it along. You know, he called out for this fight to be in New Zealand. He's got the city kickboxing boys uh, mostly on the card as well. I think there's maybe two other city kickboxing guys on that card. So that should be really good. Ned. Not, don't quote me, but I think this could be the first one at that Spark Arena in, in Auckland. So uh, that should be exciting. Sugar. Uh, I'm going to go Dan Hooker as well. I'm going to go a little bit different from you boys. I'm going to go a TKO round two. Uh, but I'm actually looking forward to the fire. It was awesome to see him fight in Melbourne. Auckland's shaping up to be a really, really big card. So um, it should be very, very interesting about what's going to go down. But Hooker for me is the winner. Nearly brings us to the end. And what we thought for a bit of fun is we'll, we'll take uh, some picks on the celebrity sumo. Uh, so we've got uh, Curtis Blades and Rumble Johnson. It's a best of two of three uh, sort of round robin sumos. You would think the the big Japanese lads will get it done, but do we give the do we give Rumble Johnson or Curtis Blades against them a chance? No. <laughs> Straight up no. Honestly, Anthony. Yeah. So it's a bit of a round robin. So you'd think professional sumos will, will make light work of the boys. But I think you got some interest in there, Rumble Johnson and Curtis Blades there. I think Curtis Blades being the bigger the bigger man should get it done. Rumble Johnson's uh, thinning out quite a bit, ready for a, a fight return. So that could be interesting as well. Um, Stoney, how do you see it play out? Yeah, I mean, we, we dropped the Rumble Johnson comeback a couple of months ago on the on Breaking News. So that's still looking the goods as far as I'm concerned. Curtis Blades, phenomenal wrestler. So I'm, I'm not counting him out completely. But as you said, I think... We, we've currently got, is it Takeshi Statman? Is that pronounced correctly? Takeshi. Takeshi. So he's the 210-pound the Japanese sumo champion. Current, uh, I think it, it's tough to tip against him. Sugar. Okay. Um, 
Look, I will go Yamanatorianu. <laughs> that one. At a lazy 600 pounds. Yeah, mate. I just think yeah, he's put a lot of work into that body. So <laughs> I'll give him the win. Stat man. How do you if say I was going? 600 pounds and still wearing budgie smugglers, I'd be proud of myself as well. So. I think if any if any UFC fighter could swell up to reach a similar proportion, Anthony Rumble Johnson's probably got his best shot at it. Dude used to fight at 170 pounds. He ballooned up to 285 pounds in his off-season UFC. He moved up to middleweight and missed weight there by 11 pounds in his first fight. Um, so I, I, I don't think that he's got a shot. I think Yamamoto, Yama is probably going to take it. Um, I watched a video of him literally, uh, I believe it was him versus Takeshi. Um, Takeshi is actually a pretty common Japanese name, so it's hard to find exactly which Takeshi we were talking about. Yamamoto Yama literally picked this dude up and walked him out of the ring. So I, I think that when when you're talking about sumo, if there's a 400-pound weight difference, you're probably going to go with the heavy bot. Well, I've got a serious question for you, Craig. You know? Are you bilingual in about 48 languages? <laughs> How are you the only one that can say everyone's name? Uh, I cheat with Japanese. I studied Japanese in high school. So. Oh, boom. There it is. <laughs> there, it yeah. is. there it is. There it is. Uh, and then uh, for... I had a stat last session, uh, last session, last um, podcast, uh, and I was going to talk about Nazrat Hackparast, and I um, had to pull up Fight Pass and listen to Bruce Buffer introduce him about five, six times before I felt comfortable. I hope that people don't notice I say the name wrong. Yeah, I just, just want to make sure I say it right. So. Before we wrap up the pod, if that's all right, Go, mate. 248 is coming up. You all versus uh, Stylebender, your boy DL. Man, I'm excited. Um, does anyone else know what's on that card that I'm highly aroused about? Oh, you want a Yedro check? Yeah. No, no, um, no, no, no. I'm no. Not. I am looking is, forward to that. That's is it the original favorite. Mad Dog OG? Is the Mad Dog OG or OG Mad Dog? Sugar Sean O'Malley is oh, he's back. back. <laughs> he's we'll back. see. My long lost cousin, my long lost cousin, my brother from another mother. Sugar Sean. The 10, uh, 10 and 0 Sugar Sean. Maybe about to make 11 O's coming back. Boys, if you didn't see, we put up a post on Instagram calling Sugar <laughs> Sugar Sean the mad dog OG and saying that he never dogs the boys. And yeah. I think he, he either liked he it liked or commented it. Or yeah, he liked it. He liked it. He liked the Instagram post. I was trying Sean. to firm our way in there to get um, both the Sugars on a podcast together one day, hopefully. <laughs> Imagine that. It'll be, a, it'll be a right mess. How do you think you anyway, feel that you've just blatantly plagiarized first, first his nickname, in the main Sugar Snags? What's that? How do you think he'd feel that you've just blatantly plagiarized his persona and nickname? Oh, we're cousins, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Family anyway. business, Tony. Stay out of it, bro. Hey, got some breaking news off the top. Brett Okamoto has just announced that the Poirier and Tonin is off, so good going there, uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe Komodo. <laughs> Anyway, on, on that on that stinger, that wraps up our prediction podcast for the Substars event from Miami. If you like what we're doing, please hit us up on all our socials. We are actually planning a Q&A podcast shortly. Oh, I'm excited about this. Yeah, so we would love to start getting some questions rolling in. DM them. There's also on our anchor page, there's a little voicemail you can leave as well. So uh, if you want to dial in through the voice and we can get you on the podcast that way, feel free. We're going to start putting together these questions over the next few weeks and we'll get that podcast going next month um we should get get some people to phone in their predictions yeah mate that'd be really cool if we could get some fan predictions we can get some 
celebrity phone-ins. Yeah, that'd be really cool. We might work on that. So, guys, like usual, please like, share, comment, subscribe. Help us build the right content. My name is Daniel. My name is Sugar Sean O'Malley's cousin, Sugar Snags. My name is Craig. My name is Stoney. And we'll run it back with you guys in the next Run It Back podcast. We're out. Go the king. Go the king, baby. Yeah, he does the gun. Let's be shooting from the hip. Gordon Ryan, baby. Oh, yeah.